Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each year every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We are joined by Eric Tressler right off the top, and we'll be joined by Dave Hastings in a matter of moments here. And Eric, I, I do believe we have a lot to talk about tonight. I know last week the texts between the three of us were pretty fast and furious which, with a lot of different things that were going on. Uh, last week, I know you have some Giants news that you probably ain't too happy about. We have the NFL, um, uh, the NFL with the revisions to the Rooney Rule that we'll talk about. We have stuff in baseball going on. Uh, we have the Last Dance, which is finally over. We could talk a little bit about that in a little while. But Eric, where would you like to start off tonight, and how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm just jamming an empanada down me. I just got home from work not too long ago, but um, doing good. Me too, man. Me too. I'm in the same boat you're in. So, where would you yeah. where would you like to begin tonight? Well, I don't know. Without Dave here, it's a little difficult because I don't want to bring up. So maybe we'll start a little baseball until he gets here. Should be All here right. momentarily. Um, do so we, whatever you want to throw out baseball wise, let's get that out of the way. Well, do we do we more into the football and everything else that we're talking about? All first. right. Well, well, I got a couple things baseball we could talk about. Do we need to bring up Blake Snell's comments from last Friday? No, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. Uh, while I get the point he was making, he did a horrible job of doing it. And I'm sorry if you're making seven million a year and you go by his math and you're saying a million dollars is nothing. You don't deserve the money you're making, in my opinion. And no, no, he doesn't get it. He he is yeah. He is not living in the same reality as most people in this country are living in. Yeah, and he needs a reality check. He he he's one hundred percent. Yeah, an idiot for those comments, and I don't know if he walked him back at all or apologized. I, I think there was a little bit of an apology, but I mean the damage is already done at this point. Here's all I know: if I'm getting my pay cut and it goes down to a million dollars, I'm taking my million dollars and I'm being happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. There, I there's a couple things that I kind of want to bring up that we haven't really talked about over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like now is a good time to bring them up. That is a siren passing me. So I apologize for that. Um, so baseball, I, this is kind of a two part because there's two different ways to go here. One kind of goes hand in hand with the other. We never talked about the fact that baseball handed down a punishment to the Boston Red Sox for their alleged cheating scandal that they had. Uh, I know baseball didn't believe it was as intricate as the one that Houston did. Supposedly, it was uh, a, the guy in charge of the video room who was communicating signals to the guy, and it was only like when they were on second base so they could get it to the batter. It was something like that. They didn't feel it was as big as the Houston one. They didn't feel it went on during the playoffs. The Red Sox still got dra uh, docked a second-round draft pick, but there was no additional um, penalties to Alex Cora, who, of course, got penalized by being suspended for a year. Um, 
as a result of the Astros. Actually, I don't think he was suspended. I think he was just fired, right? Yeah, I believe you're right about that. I think he was fired. Yeah. So there was no additional penalties for him. What were your thoughts on this scandal, though? Baseball took it light on him, but they have the opportunity right now to do that because everybody else is so distracted. So, I mean, by the time baseball starts, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a story. But, um, yeah, I just – I think that the, the, they released it. They did it quietly. Mm-hmm. They did – there's no big presser or anything else. Like, it really wasn't like, you know – I don't. Know. I think that they did it in the most in the in the way that would least affect their bottom line moving forward, where they're going to have less people talking about the negatives of baseball, just more people happy that it's back. When you hear them say that it was not as involved as the Houston scandal, and that they don't feel that it affected the playoffs, that it wasn't done during the playoffs, do you believe it or do you not? No, I don't believe the playoff thing at all. I mean, and, and do I believe that it may not have been as intricate as the one in Houston? Sure, because you're, you know, if not, not mistaken, Cora wasn't in Boston too long. So, I mean, no, it's, he was uh, only there that season. But according to I this mean, report, so like he wasn't involved. According to this report, he was not involved. Uh, he was definitely involved, but he just didn't have enough time to get it as involved as he, as he wanted it to be. They were, you know, it was a little different system. They were trying something new. They were, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree that maybe it wasn't as intricate, but don't tell me they weren't trying. Don't tell me it didn't happen during the playoffs. Or don't tell me it only happened when guys were on second base. I'm not buying any of the bullshit around it, but they got to spin it and pitch it some way of like, hey, listen, we didn't see this. Uh, it's kind of. You know, the same thing with them saying, like, oh, well, we didn't see anything in 2019 from the Astros. Well, bullshit, you or, you know, whatever it was, whatever year it was, you know. That- oh, you're right. I mean, you, that was when the Altuve thing happened with him clutching his chest when he hit the home run against the Yeah, Yankees. and they were like, oh, no, we yeah. didn't find anything about buzzers. Bullshit. Bull mm-hmm. fucking shit. Yeah. While no. we're talking here, I apologize, Eric. Dave Hastings has joined us tonight. Dave, how you doing? Doing good, gentlemen. Doing good. How are we doing tonight? Not too bad. Not too bad. Dave, we're going to move to some other things real quick, but obviously we're talking a little bit of some of the stories that have happened in baseball that we really haven't had a chance to talk about. Did you hear about the Red Sox punishment? Uh, no. Can't say I did. All right. Well, they got docked a second-round draft pick, uh, as we said, wasn't considered as intricate as a cheating scandal as the Astros one was. There was a video staffer who supposedly was communicating the signs. Eric kind of put the kibosh on that. I'm a little torn. I have no reason to not believe the report, but then again, baseball has been caught in so many scandals. It's very hard to believe what they say. And Dave, I'll get your opinion on that. But Eric, one thing I've wanted to ask you, because the baseball draft is only going to be five rounds this year. Now, normally it's 40. They cut that down to five. And I I want your opinion on this because my opinion is I I don't think the baseball draft ever needs to be 40 rounds. But to go from 40 to five, that seems really drastic to me. And, you know, we we never see the players. It's simple, though. It is simple. But while we never see the players until a couple years down the road anyway, 
I, I don't know if I'm crazy about that steep of a drop just because, like, I know everybody's going to be undrafted free agents and everything. I, I just was not crazy about them going straight to five rounds. You're, you're missing the bigger picture, though, is really in any draft in any sport, the NBA only has two. Other sports may have, set, you know, seven or whatever it is. I'm not 100% sure what the NHL is. Um, but – I, I know I don't think it's more than seven or eight uh, for sure. Um, all I know is that with the draft picks, I, I, one, I think the Red Sox getting docked one doesn't really matter. Two, as far as cutting it from 30, from 40 to five, mm-hmm. if you honestly think about it, there are going to be no, like really, even if baseball gets started back this year, Major League Baseball starts, you're not going to have double A, triple A, single A farm teams. You're not going to need to stock other teams. What what does it need to draft thirty five guys? You're going to have to pay some amount to. Yeah, but that's only not a big this, amount. That's too. only this year you're talking about. Yeah, but that, but again, then they'll go back to a regular draft next year. They don't need the extra guys this year. There's nowhere to put them. There's no need for them. They're not playing. Those five guys in the top of the draft might have a chance. Those guys might have the talent. Those guys might be able to come in and actually do something. Plus, that's the cream of the crop. Every team wants their pick of the cream of the crop. So they've decided that after five rounds, what are you, about 100 and something picks in, 30 teams, about 150 picks in or so? I think there might be, like, depending on if they still do the competitive balance rounds, yeah, 150, Yeah, whatever. So, it's 150-plus, we'll call it. Yeah. That's that's about the max for for really good players anyway. Outside of that, you may find a diamond in the rough here or there. The other 35 rounds don't matter as much as those first five. So, every team wants to crack at those top guys. And then once those top guys are all gone, they're like, eh, we'll kind of just worry about the rest when we need to. I really don't think that this can be that big an issue. Um, I'm more interested in the NBA draft lottery, which was supposed to take place tonight, which isn't, I believe. But the Knicks did have a 9% chance of, of getting that first pick, so I was interested in that. So that means um, they might get the fifth pick. Yeah, exactly. Listen, they'll probably get the seventh pick and they'll lose out on whoever for it, you know, yeah, just like yeah, they yeah. lost out on Curry by one pick. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens, mm-hmm. you know. But, but, uh, really quick on that, Eric, the Bulls will have the seventh pick because they've had it three years in a row now, and I think it's appropriate to hit number four. Also wanted to mention that the NHL draft is also seven rounds. And just kind of going off of what you said about that other 35 rounds, I mean, honestly, I think that, I just have to say, I kind of, I, and I do agree, your cream of the crop will be in that first, you know, 100 to 150 players taken. But I do think that's a moment where you, if you have a draft like that, where you go from 40 rounds to five, I feel like that's a moment where the rich can possibly get richer. So you're going to have your big market teams, your Yankees, your Red Sox, your Dodgers, or, you know, like your big market teams, they're going to be the teams that are able to really kind of pick who they want out of those remaining players because they're going to be those markets that those kids want to have a chance to play. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, to go back to something Eric said, if this is only for this year, fine. You do what you got to do. Eric, like you said, there probably isn't going to be any minor league baseball this year anyway. According to the proposal they're trying to do uh, – Teams would basically have 50 players, so they'd have like a taxi squad on top of their normal roster. But that would be that that would be it. So for this year, it's okay. I would just caution doing something like that going forward because Dave, as you mentioned, you know the um, 
the big market teams, the teams that spend a lot can do it. Then you risk turning it into like with the whole international market, how teams like the Yankees and Red Sox, because they can spend the most, they always wind up kind of, you know, it's, it's not really balanced with the lower market teams. That's why they've had to try to change that. So I kind of hope it's only one year, but Dave, go ahead. I haven't really gotten your thoughts on any of this stuff. Well, I mean, I think when it comes down to the draft, that's kind of where I would stand with that. I, I would agree. I'd prefer to see it just for this year and not, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if 40 rounds is status quo, fine. But if you want to cut some rounds off, then, you know, try going from 40 to, you know, 30. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of, you know, don't make such a drastic change like that for the long term. The NBA draft lottery, I would have loved to have seen that because, when it's all said and done, I mean, when you're fans of the Bulls or the Knicks like we are, that's really kind of the highlight of the season anyway. So, you know, you're really kind of looking forward to that and seeing where your team's going to be picking from. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of where I stand on those two topics. Mm. All right. So moving on, I know we had a number of things at the end of last week that we were kind of texting back and forth from. Uh, in terms of where we want to go next, where would you guys like to go next? Dave, take the lead, Mike. You're, you're the host. You take the lead. You got this. I'm trying. I'm trying to be diplomatic here and make sure everybody's involved. I know you guys had sent the text about ESPN doing. Was it their top seventy-five or top seventy-four NBA players of all time? It was. It was. I think it was top one hundred. Was it top 100? I, I, I'm looking it up right now. I didn't think it was top 100. I thought it was I like mean, seven. being what honest, we, we really picked our bones with the top 10. That's what we were going back and forth on. Yeah, LeBron James, number two, right behind Michael Jordan, ahead of Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird. I, 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 yeah, and you guys kind of said it right. LeBron at number two, I just can't see. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I I mean, I have no issue with people saying LeBron is one of the greatest players ever. I genuinely have absolutely no issue with that. I just – his track record is one of more of a roller coaster than anything else. Um, I think if he got a chance to maybe win a title in L.A. this year, it would have really helped his, you know, resume. Mm-hmm. You know, winning championships with three different teams, you know, bringing back, bringing the championship back to um, Cleveland, you know, getting Cleveland their first ever championship, bringing the championship back to L.A., especially the year that Kobe passes away. Like, you know, I think he would have really been able to build his resume if they did get that, you know, chance to go for a championship this year. Um, but putting him ahead of some of those guys, I mean, I, I'm always, I'm going to take Kobe over LeBron. Like I'm going to, and I think they had Kobe at eight with, or yeah, Kobe at eight, Duncan at nine. And I think Shaq was 10. Like. I think Kobe might've been nine. I thought Kobe was nine as well. Okay. Thinking. So you, you guys see the point I'm making though. Like mm-hmm. if I'm taking Kobe over LeBron, I don't see how I'm able to, you know, so I'm sliding Kobe to two and moving everybody back a spot. Like, I mean, look, it's a debate that I don't think there's ever going to be the perfect side to choose. I just think the majority of people are going to put Jordan at one. LeBron's going to be in your top ten. Um, like, I don't have a problem with the guys they chose for their top ten. I think they had Iverson at, like, 14, um, which I was cool Didn't with. Didn't they have Curry above Iverson? 
I, that I, that I think they do, and I'm sorry, pound for pound, I think Iverson's is one of the best players, if not the best. Yeah, player it's, ever. you should. Uh, I think that, I think there's one thing they should do with this list is they need to take current players off because they had like Guyanis at like I think like 24 or 26 or something as well, and like Anthony Cooper was a great player. The Greek freak's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but he should not be on this list of all time greatest players. You're still in your 20s, man. Like. Still in your 20s. Relax. Pump the brakes, whoever's making this list. Current players should not – this to be eligible for an all-time list, there should be a rule mandated that you must be retired to be considered because your entire body of work matters. LeBron's entire body of work tells us he is not the second greatest player of all time so far. Unless he does something real late in his career, wins a couple more titles here in L.A. or something else happens – He's not number two all time. I'm sorry. And we can all agree, like we have, that Kobe should be much higher on this list. Well, just to – Or not, maybe not much higher, but at least higher. He shouldn't be ninth. Well, let me, let me interject for a second here. Now, did, I, I found a list here that was top 74 players. I don't know why they only did 74, but that's what we got. Giannis is at 27. Years that the NBA was, has been in, in existence, maybe? Uh, you might that, be on- that- you might That's be onto something right. there. Yeah, because what? The 50th year was 96. So, yeah, I think, I think you got it there, Eric. I think you got it. Um, now, now, just to go through the list here, because I got it. Giannis, we said, was 27. 24, David Robinson. 23, Charles Barkley. 22, Elgin Baylor. 21, Scottie Pippen. 20, KG. 19, Dirk Nowitzki. Moses Malone at 18. 17, Carl Malone. Jerry West at 16. Julius Irving, 15. Uh, Kevin Durant at 14. Stephen Curry at 13. Akeem Olajuwon at 12. Oscar Robinson at 11. 10, Shaq. 9, Kobe. 8, Duncan. 7, Larry Bird. 6, Will Chamberlain. 5, Magic Johnson. Bill Russell at 4. Kareem at 3. LeBron at 2. And we all know who's at number 1. Yes, yeah, Steph- a partridge in a pear tree? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well said. Uh, Stephen Curry should not be number 13. I, in all those numbers that I just read off, Allen Iverson ain't even in them. So that means he didn't even make the top 25 on that. I think that's wrong, and I know my mother agrees with me on that one. So uh, we're there on that. Hakeem at 12. Isaiah Thomas was in the mid-20s, if I'm not mistaken, which, I mean, you could, you could say what you want about his personality. He should probably be higher on that. Um, I would say I think guys like Oscar Robinson, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, and Jerry West all have claims to the top ten, in my opinion. If you look at their body of work, I mean, Oscar Robinson was the only player who averaged a triple-double for a season before Russell Westbrook and James Harden have kind of made a mockery of it over the last two or three years. So I would put him in the argument there. Uh, I it's hard to argue with the guys who actually made the top 10, but yes, like everybody is saying, LeBron should not be number two. Kareem, Russell, Wilt, Magic, any of those guys deserve to be ahead of LeBron. You want to say Bird? Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to argue too heavy with you on Bird, but yeah, Kobe and Shaq, I, I think they're a little low if you're going to have LeBron at two. I mean, look, I'm looking at the image that we shared with each other of the top 10. And honestly, if I was going to make a change, I would probably move Kobe to two 
and then slide LeBron into the seven spot between Wilt and Larry. If I if that's the ten players I have to work with, I'm not considering any oh. other players. Just focusing on those ten, I think that's how I would go. See, I don't even know how. I'll be honest. I don't know how right now anybody can look at LeBron's career and tell me it's better than Tim Duncan's career. I'm sorry. The, I, I don't care where you want to move Kobe to on the list or wherever else. I don't personally think he should be number two, but do I think he should be higher than number nine? Probably. I just think that the level of disrespect for 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 the big fundamental is is just out out of this world. Um, and maybe it's because he was quiet. Maybe it's because he played in a small market. But I mean, I mean the the, the amount of winning seasons that Tim Duncan put together. 60 win seasons back to back to back playoffs championships beating lebron led teams beating the duncan led D or uh, no i'm sorry uh Shaq led kobe teams, beating beating kobe led teams beating all of these guys in their prime i i just think that tim duncan because of his demeanor because of his and i and i say it, he's got a Derek Jeter like demeanor about him you don't hear much about his personal life you don't hear much about him outside of the game you 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 just see what he does on the court and uh, and that and that's it but i mean lebron right now there is no way i dare anybody to make an argument that he has had a better and that he should be higher on this list than, than tim duncan right now i don't see it well, I mean, I look, I, just really quick, Mike, if you don't mind, I'll jump. Go, like, go ahead, go ahead. Eric, I will never, ever, ever, ever try to speak negatively about Tim Duncan. On the court, off the court, I don't care where you're putting the guy. He, he was – he really was the big fundamental in all aspects of how he handled himself, uh, you know, in both aspects. The main reason why I personally would be willing to put LeBron over Duncan is the fact that LeBron – like, the off – the offense would have to run through Tim Duncan. You post him up, pick and roll, you know, things like that. LeBron, on the other hand, could literally take over a game by himself because he could get the ball on the inbound, take it down the court, and do whatever he wanted to do. Tim Duncan, you had to run the offense through him. You had to post him up. You had to do set plays. Like, he, did, he didn't have that same takeover ability that LeBron James has. Now, he could take over a game. Like, I know that sounds contradictory to each other, but I think you know what I mean. Like, he could have a 40-20 and 20 game, and you'd be like, wow. But LeBron, at the same time, could have a 40-20 and 20 game and also throw in just the dominant key-making plays on a fast break or grab a rebound and beat everybody down the court or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, he just had more of a – full all-around impact on the game, I think, but, than but when I, well, kind of. But if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they met in the finals, right? Tim Duncan twice. beat Le twice. twice. He beat them in Cleveland once and also beat them in uh, when they were on my, in Miami. He beat them twice. Then, it, then it's three times, actually. Cause, oh, yeah, cause he no, got wait a minute. Once. Wait a minute. I don't think he – I don't think – I. I'm pretty sure he beat him that year in Cleveland. So or unless that Did was they the play, was, was that Cleveland and the Spurs? I'm trying to remember. Or was that – I think it was because I don't remember it being Cleveland versus the Lakers because there was never a LeBron-Kobe final. Well, I know they played – No, yeah, we I, never got that. They played twice when he was in Miami because LeBron beat them one time. 
When they were one time. Yeah. But in the overall, I'm pretty sure Duncan leads two to one in their finals matchup. So, I mean, you want to tell me yeah. as much as LeBron does, Tim Duncan does it too. He just does it less flashy and a lot more quiet. He wins. That's what Tim – you want to talk about a guy who had a winning mentality, a Jordan Lake mentality, whatever it took to win. Tim Duncan was that guy. He just wasn't in your face about it. Mm. I so mean, it's, um, just to kind of give you guys an idea, head-to-head in the playoffs, LeBron averaged 29 a game, Duncan 20. Uh, Duncan averaged 11.5 rebounds, LeBron 9. Duncan averaged three assists, LeBron seven. Duncan averaged one steal, LeBron two. And then Duncan averaged two, about two and a half blocks to LeBron's one. Uh, out of curiosity, out of curiosity, how many times did Duncan have to leave a series with cramps? Probably never. I, I, feel, uh, like, I feel like that should count for – I feel like that should count for something. And I'm just saying, as back and forth as it was, which team won? Which yeah, guy played, wanted it more? 31 playoff games against each other total. No, that doesn't make sense. NBA champion. Oh, end season. Sorry. Yeah, I'm like on this website I've never used before trying to figure this out for us because I'm very curious to know, <laughs> you know. Regardless, I just don't, I don't see anybody out there that can make an argument right now with the, with the finals, the way that LeBron has played in big spots. See, and, and it, was, it goes to something today, too, um, with the, that LeBron said. And I don't know if you guys saw it about this last dance and everything and how he would be a great teammate with Michael Jordan and his game would fit Jordan would kill he's a facilitator him. and blah, Jordan blah, blah. would kill him. He LeBron would, would go off the court crying. No. Yeah, but LeBron didn't have that killer instinct. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's I'm what, saying. The difference is he had, he had LeBron James. He already had it in Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen could do pretty much do anything LeBron James could do. I agree. In my opinion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yo, Jordan would – LeBron James is an upgraded Scottie Pippen is all he is. Jordan and, would and make LeBron cry. I just think it would have been easier for him to win because he just could have passed the buck to Jordan and Jordan would have took care of it. Mm. That's the reason he says he would have fit well with Jordan because Jordan won championships and he's losing. LeBron might have been to nine, but he's only won three. And how many times have we said that James's game is more modeled after Magic Johnson's than Michael Jordan anyway? He don't want yeah. the ball. He don't want the ball in that last and 10 also, seconds or whatever. It, when you look at it, nine times I think LeBron's been in the finals, right? And he's won three of them. Three out of nine. That sounds I mean, right. And, and when you look at the players that, like, you know, you watch this last dance, some of the players that Jordan beat along the way, and uh, at his prime, Charles Barkley, uh, that Coral Malone Stockton team was a stock team. I mean, with Hornacek and, and those guys, that was a solid I was a really Utah good team. team. The other teams in the East, like, I just don't feel that LeBron ever played even those caliber teams. Like, I know that people could say, oh, well, he played teams that had, you know – you know, people on him too, but the championships he won weren't, I don't know. They weren't to me like they, like they stand out. I can't remember one where I'm like, Oh my God, that was, that was LeBron's moment where you can remember a few from Jordan. Well, the only, the only for LeBron is that 73 and nine Warriors team coming back three, one with the that block. Was, that with that the, was a great moment for LeBron and I'll give him the respect for that one. Well, but if really, you want to, Dave, I'm sorry. If you want to, if you finish our conversation, LeBron and Duncan played twice in the finals. Duncan won both times with, um, and total it was 
the combined was eleven to five. Uh, Duncan uh, wins losses. Mm. Uh, Dave, Dave I just want to. I just want to. I just want to say, Dave, as far as moment goes, that block on Draymond Green, that's his finals moment right there. But if you look at the other times he won, the Ray Allen three pointer against the Spurs is probably more of a moment. So sorry, Dave. No, you got the Ray Allen three pointer, and then you got the Kyrie Irving shot against Golden State. Oh, see, when I think of that series, I think of the block against Draymond that sealed it. No, but I, it goes back to what you guys were saying before. The bottom line is, it, with the final 10 seconds left in the game, game on the line, he wants to pass the ball, not shoot the ball. Yeah. And then you leave, then, then that goes to J.R. Smith, forgetting how much time is left and how many timeouts they have. But then that also goes to what Rodman said last night in that, in that uh, documentary where when it came down to the final seconds of that final game and they were like, who's going to get the ball? Michael's getting the ball. It doesn't matter. Like there is no question of who's getting the ball. It's just mm -hmm. get, get Michael's getting the ball and get the fuck out of the way. That's, yep. that's it. Like that's, LeBron that's doesn't have that about him. He's looking to pass the buck. He's looking to, you know, to be that facilitator rather than step up to that moment until he does. He's never going to be, anywhere near a guy like Jordan, a guy like Duncan, a guy like Kobe, you know, he, he doesn't have that same mentality. Like he, he's not, he doesn't have that same win at all costs about him. Yeah. I mean, I would be fine moving LeBron. I, and Eric, I think it was you who said this right off the bat, you move LeBron James down to the bottom half of the top 10 in that Kobe and Shaq range. Cause I'm with you. I, I see why I, I'm not going to argue with Duncan over LeBron. I wouldn't do it, so I'm with you on that. All right, any final thoughts here? Or do we want to move on? Yeah, I, I the only final thought I have is this list is just more proof that ESPN is really going down the shitter right now. Well, I I think it's a combination of recency bias and not wanting to piss off anybody who's currently in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if half the people who voted on this poll have only been alive for the last thirty years anyway. True. Yep. Very true. Yep. All right, Eric, any final thought? No, I'm good. I think we covered it. All right. So Actually, do really quick, I got a shout out Go to your cousin David in the chat room. He pointed out that 99 Spurs team. A lot of people forget they played the Lakers in the uh, Eastern or Western Conference Finals that year with Kobe and Shaq, and they swept them. Like, a lot of people forget that, but they swept them in mm -hmm. that series. They beat them quite a few times, actually. Um, actually, no, nah, I'm wrong on that. They beat them that year. I don't know why I was thinking the year after. I don't know why I was thinking the year after the Lakers lost in the finals when they had Malone and Peyton, but Shaq was already gone at that point. So, yeah, no, that's true. Yep. All right, let's switch to NFL because we'll save the last dance talk for a little while. But let's let's go to the NFL because Eric, I'm sure you've been dying to talk about your boy uh, DeAndre Baker and his exploits over the weekend. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back and let you take the floor here. But I got I got to be honest, I could care less about that jerk off. I, he should be off the team already. I mean, there's there's zero excuse for for what he did, and I don't care what lame excuse that his lawyers come out. He was set up and framed. Yeah, because somebody's out there framing DeAndre Baker. I'm I'm out on that concept. You, you're, you, 
I am so far out on that concept, and he should be off the team. This is why Gettleman should be fired. This is why Judge, he doesn't have a wrangle on this team. He is not Belichick. There is one Belichick. People need to remember that. Coming off his tree, it's it's not as fruitful as coming off some of the other NFL coaching trees sometimes. So I, I just I don't have any faith in, in this this front office or, or team to get it right right now. And it, it's just more of an example of why Gettleman should go. He's, he, he has, he's no judge of character or, or players, in my opinion. Uh, time to go. Well, I got, a, I got a question for you real quick because you said the thing about um, Judge not having control over the team. This isn't exactly a typical offseason where players and coaches can come together and everything. Listen, here's the problem, though. Go ahead. Is that while he's out doing things like this and putting that negative spotlight on himself and on the team and on, on, on other players that he's dragging into it, instead, I, I would much rather my team be much more like the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks and, and be down there practicing illegally. I don't know if you guys heard, but Tom Brady's had Mike Evans, his center, Blaine Gabbard, the uh, OJ Howard. All they were went to some high school down in Tampa, Berkeley High School. The Tampa Bay Times reported it, and I'm telling you, that's the story I want to hear about the Giants. That Daniel Jones is getting together with these other guys, and they're going to find a way to work out and do whatever with Barkley, and going to find a way to make things work. No, instead, we're hearing about this guy robbing somebody at gunpoint. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with this regime. It's, it's time to go. <laughs> Dave, do you have any comments? I mean, look, I, I, I get why he brought up Baker for Justin. Uh, Justin. <laughs> for Eric, my bad. Like, I get why he brought up Baker for Eric. But, like, we can't forget, like, you had the one dude in Washington. Get, there's, like, three different guys that got arrested for some serious freaking crimes over the last couple weeks. Um, and ironically yeah. enough, you're talking the Giants, the Redskins, and I think the other player might have been with the Chiefs. I might be wrong. I don't know. But was the Giants. It the Bills, it was Ed Oliver. I know that. Was it the Bills? It might have been the Bills. I know it was an AFC team. But yeah. still, like, you're, you're talking some serious crimes, and you're supposed to basically have your ass in lockdown right now and only go out if you need to. And you're paying getting paid an NFL salary, even if it is the rookie minimum it's a couple hundred thousand dollars like you just came out of college dude like stop it so you know not just you know the giants but there's players that come on this is some stupid shit i agree with uh eric when it's all said and done no to the main point he was trying to make like honestly i think this is just a setup year for failure like ownership kind of wants the giants to have a bad year so they can get rid of get Gettleman, get rid of Judge. I think the only thing they might be hoping for is that the offense performs well and they have a reason to consider Garrett as their head coach. Um, which that, look, that'll be a good forget move. Garrett. You know what's going to happen now with the new rule, with the new Rooney rule, with the new and improved oh Rooney God. rule. This is the perfect year to fire Judge and Gettleman and hire. Eric Bellenemy, who I will agree with your cousin David in the chat, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, be a great year to hire him and get some more draft stock by doing it. So, I mean, might as well play the rules you're given. And I, I think he probably should have been the pick, as just like your cousin David did. He was probably the guy to, to go with if you missed out on rule and a couple other guys that you were interested in. But 
now he's a two-for-one. He's going to be the hottest commodity out there. And if the Giants were smart, they'd be the first ones back in the pool going, we're sorry, we made a mistake. Please, please, please. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I want to talk about the Rooney rule, but I, I want to just ask one question here. You put this on Gettleman. You follow college football more than any of his, us here. I have heard mixed things about this. What type of red flags did this Baker guy have coming out of college that Gettleman ignored? I'll be honest. I didn't look into him to know what exact flags that he had, but obviously he can't be that good to judge a character if he's out there, you know, robbing people at gunpoint. I mean, if you, I'm not saying you got to be, you got to give him a lie detector test and hook him up to the polygraph, but I'm, I, how about you just, you know, question him more than can you play football? Okay. Like, you know, I, I don't understand the line of questioning that Gettleman uses with these guys. What kind of, what, like, you, you can tell by talking to somebody how they are. Like, are they a gentleman? Are they, you know, this, that. You can tell when someone's an asshole five minutes into a conversation. I just don't – I think Gettleman's the biggest asshole in the room, and he can't tell. He just thinks everyone's like him. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just – I don't get it. I, I am baffled. And like you said, Dave, I think it goes back to what I said a long time ago. This year is just a setup year. The Giants know it. They got to keep quiet about it. But they're going to let Gettleman fall flat on his face. They're going to fire him at the end of the year. And I am predicting right now that the Giants' next head coach slash GM will probably be somebody of color. That's just my opinion. Well, we'll get to that. I want to shout out Cousin David here. He's saying Baker never wanted to play football. That's the story. They had to give him incentives just to play. Well, good job, David Gettleman. Uh, Gettleman sucks. Hey, listen, I've told you since the beginning, I, I, I thought uh, Gettleman was a version of Brody Van Wagenen who simply had a little more sports experience than Van Wagenen did. So I'm not going to argue with you on that point. But anyway, let's talk about this Rooney Rule here because they did make changes to the Rooney Rule. If you don't know what the Rooney Rule is, the Rooney Rule was put in by the NFL to promote diversity in terms of hiring uh, minority candidates. Over the last three years, I believe there's been 20 head coaching changes and only three of them have been minority candidates. Um, and you had one in Steve Wilkes who was fired by the Cardinals after one year. Uh, definitely not uh, enough time to really make an impact there. So the NFL felt the need to change the Rooney rule. Um, the requirement beforehand was that you had to interview at least one minority candidate for either, either your head coach or your front office executive position. That has been changed. You now have to interview at least two minority candidates and a rule that I am very happy that they changed. Um, before, Teams could block position coaches from interviewing for offensive and defensive coordinator positions. That is no more. I like that, the fact that they did that, because you're getting more people in the pipeline, and obviously the offensive and defensive coordinators wind up being a stepping stone to head coaching jobs anyway. So to be able to promote them like that and give them that more exposure, that's great. Let's start this off by talking about the one part that did not get passed, and I think we're all very happy that this did not get passed, the idea that teams would get draft pick compensation 
and move up certain spots in the third and fifth and second round if you hired minority candidates. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I thought it was a terrible idea. I thought for something that is supposed to promote diversity and make you look good as a league, it is a horrible look to basically admit, hey, we can't get minority candidates hired unless we put draft pick compensation to them. I thought that was a terrible idea. And how would you feel to be the minority candidate hired as a result of that? You didn't. Re- you can't honestly feel that you got hired because of your qualifications. You can only feel that you got hired because that team's getting extra draft picks out of it. So that was a horrible idea. Dave, start with you. What were your thoughts on all this? Honestly, Mike, I completely agree with you. It it looks like the fact they even thought about it almost looks worse than the fact that they can't get minorities hired. Um, It's it's stupid. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And, you know, I was dying when I saw somebody post like, you know, you're telling me if they put this rule in place that, you know, Belichick's not going to go out there and hire, you know. That was, that was Eric's meme, wasn't it? That was Eric's yeah, meme? Eric's, yeah, Eric, I think you said that in, like, all these different minority <laughs> positions so that way he can move up and tr- get Trevor Lawrence next year <laughs> in the draft. Like, it, it's, it, it's a bad look for the NFL. It, it really is. And, I mean, look, yeah, I get the idea that you're trying to show some proactive movements towards this and all that stuff. But when it's all said and done, like, you got a whole bunch of really old rich men that were born and raised well before the uh, segregation happened or when segregation was still around. And yep. like, I mean, you got some guys that, you know, they may be like, they may be more than okay with the idea of having these guys run around on a field, but having them wearing a suit and walking around in their office or making decisions that affect the actual team itself, you know, they may not uh, have uh, caught up with the world that we live in today. And, that could just be a part of it. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for other people, but it, it, it's just not a good look. No, and I got to be honest. I, I, I've heard some on the radio. I listen every now and then when I get a chance, you know, if I'm on lunch or whatever, and I'll hear, you know, either Chris Canny or uh, Bart Scott talking on the radio and whatever. And, I, and I've heard them talking about something recently, and it kind of makes sense to me a little bit. But in a way, it kind of disheartens you, too, because like you said, there's a lot of good coaching. A lot of people have been around for a long time that aren't getting opportunities they probably should get. Normally, I'm not like this kind of guy, but it makes sense to me what they're saying. What they're saying is is that it's if you look specifically into football, there aren't a ton of minority head coaches that that aren't on the defensive side of the ball. Seems to be more on the offensive side of the ball, and I just think that a lot of times, especially with the way the NFL has been trending, those offensive side of the ball guys have been getting more of the head coaching opportunities. So I think that there needs to be some shift, some change in the way that people are interviewed in the process. I, I, I agree with that. I think that rule of moving up in the draft was the dumbest thing that they could have came up with. Hmm. Incentivizing a team like that to – to hire a person of minority over somebody else. Listen, I always think that the best candidate should get the job, regardless yes. of race, color, yes. creed, whatever. Guy, girl, doesn't matter. If you're the best person for the job, you should get the job. That, 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 but unfortunately, there are some teams probably out there not always going by that rule. And that's why these Rooney rules had to come into play. 
incentivizing them though doesn't do anything good for anybody because you're just going to have teams using that to better themselves in other positions and ways rather than actually hiring people because then you're just going to get minority people hired just because they're minority not because they can actually do the job well like it, it just creates a whole nother mess of problems so I'm glad that they left that part of the rule out and it's it didn't get adopted because that to me is the it, it, it is one of the dumbest ideas I've heard in a long time. Yeah, and, you know, you got me thinking as far as, you know, uh, minority candidates on the defensive side of the ball, Dungy, Tomlin, Rivera, Marvin Lewis, and who, uh, Todd Bowles, and who else? Oh, uh, um, Vance, no. Uh... Vance Joseph. He was a running back coach, though, wasn't he? He might have been. That's why I pulled back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I got a point on that. I guess, I guess they are more on the offensive side of the ball. But then again, that could just also be the way the league is trending. And I think Wilkes was actually a defensive guy, now that I think about it. The guy who got fired by the Cardinals after one year. So there's that. And, Dave, I'll go back to you here. But I will say the idea of trying to – because – yeah, it's hard for the minority, and you definitely want the best guy to get the job, but I like the idea. Minority candidates haven't had the opportunities. You want to get them in there to interview, so maybe they get that experience. They know a little bit more what to look for. They go back the second round, and they're more qualified the next time, and they, they know what they need to improve upon after that first time. So the idea of requiring – two candidates for each position, opening it up now so that a team can't block a position goes coach from going to an offensive or a defensive coordinator job. These are great. These are great outcomes. And let's never speak of that um, draft pick compensation idea ever again. Dave? Yeah, no, I, I, I think you kind of sub, sum this little part up. Uh pretty well my friend uh, i can go with what, how you're wrapping this one up all right cool all right anything else before we talk about the last dance um, eric? eric i'm thinking i'm thinking okay make sure you drink plenty of hot water stay hydrated yeah i mean there's really nothing that's uh gone on i mean the nba is supposed to make their decision in the next week or so on what they're going to do with the rest of the league year so it, de it definitely looks like the nba is closer to uh coming back than baseball is at this point in time because it definitely looks like there hasn't been any movement since we talked last week about what was going on there so did you yeah did i you... think the nba is one of those team leagues where they could you know they could go to you know, what's it, Arizona, California, Texas. I think those three states are all saying that they're, they'll open up for sports. Like, you got a lot of guys in the league that spend, the majority, you know, their offseason out in L.A. or out, you know, out, out west. So it could be easy to kind of have set it up where, you know, maybe you just play amongst those couple arenas and you don't, don't do any fans and, you know, you rock out. I mean, uh, look, I, I, I would, I'm dying to see a Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals. Like, you know, like there, there's some matchups I was really looking forward to this year, and I'd love to see them. And you know, maybe we get lucky enough that we do. But yeah, you know, when it's all said and done, you got to do what's best for you know public health and safety. 
be and not just sports but i would love to see the nba come back yeah it would be nice and you know if everybody does come back july should be a very interesting month because you would have baseball going on in theory and then you'd have whatever happens with the nba and the nhl all going on at the same time so you'd go from nothing to everything except the nfl so that that could be. Well, listen. We all know the NFL's coming. The NFL is the. Well, I'm one saying thing they don't play. They don't play in July normally. Is the only point I was making by that. Yes, we know nothing stops the training show. camps, yeah. my yeah. friend. Training Nobody camps. Nobody cares about training camps. The, the NFL, NFL does. Nothing stops the shield. We know nobody. Nothing can stop the shield. That was never a question. By the way, when does Agents of Shield come back on? That's coming on at some point, right? Right, Dave? It is coming back for one more season. But the reason it matters, Mike, is because if you come back in July with these other sports, you cannot tell me that the Shield is not going to start training camps in July. They absolutely Who said are. they going to stop? Nobody said they were going to stop. You are having a one-sided argument right I'm now. I'm not. I'm right. saying that the NFL is going to be back in July. The NFL, you're going to hear more about players coming back, about training camps, about everything else. You're going to have the NFL in July, too. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, that's not – I'm not even questioning it at this point because I always kind of thought – that the NFL was going to be able to come back at this point. So to me, it wasn't even a question. It's just like, yeah, all right. But in terms of competitive actual games, to have baseball, basketball, and the NHL all going on at the same time, come on, that's going to be, that's going to be fun right there. That's going yeah, to be but it's just as fun as when it's hockey, basketball, oh, my, and my, my mother's on. My mother's in the chat apparently around May 27th. That's when Agent of Shield comes back on. Yeah, one season's left. I think this is the final. It doesn't. It, it's that's fine. It doesn't need any more. I'm looking forward to the final season. But anyone who's like, "Oh, they should keep Agent of Shield going," no, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's time. It's ran its course. Yeah, yeah. Last season was good, though. I will say that. Looking forward to this year. They're going to be hopping through time, so it should be interesting. All right, Eric. I'm guessing you got nothing else, right? About this topic, about football? No, about, about anything, anything. Um, no, I had something a second ago from, from the topic, but I lost it, so we can move on. Okay. All right, the last dance has come and gone. I want to say one thing that, you know, it's funny. I remember to say it the week that it really has nothing to do with it. If they ever release a soundtrack CD or make it available for streaming from this last dance documentary, I would buy that in half a heartbeat. The soundtrack from this documentary was goddamn amazing. Let me say that right Speaking now. of that, I actually did hear on the radio that there's – I don't ride it. I don't have one. But do you have these Peloton bikes that people have? What's, what's, Apparently there what's was a, a guy – What? What's a Peloton bike? I don't know. Some, like, workout bike you can get from your home, but it's got, like, a TV screen. You can ride around with other people, like, oh, kind of, like, Zoom with dangerous. other people. That's horrible. That's horrible. I would While you work out, so, like, you can – I would die. I would die in a day, man. I'd be dead in an hour. Get hit by a car, watch the TV, try to get a workout in. What are you thinking? No, it's no, a no, Mike, Mike, it's a stationary. It's stationary. Oh. You're not out riding the oh. roads looking at your TV. It's like I said, in your home. You're riding around with other people sitting in their homes. And they're all riding. But the thing is, I guess ESPN hooked up with one of the Peloton trainers or whatever and actually did a 30-minute 
uh, ride with uh, for like charity with a ton of people. I guess it got like twenty thousand people involved um, that did it, and they rode for thirty minutes to the last tra- uh, last dance soundtrack. Huh. And they said it was oh, pretty wow. cool. It was pretty intense. Like it was it was a fun ride. And but I, I think that I was think since we were talking about. I think my way would be more entertaining for other people to watch until the inevitable crash. <laughs> be more fun, but I, I, I don't know if they're looking for death on their bikes. They're, yeah. Yeah. they're looking for health, not death. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric, actually, I want to start with you because, Dave, I'm, I'm going to get your opinion on this. Eric, you have said since the beginning, and I, I've never really disagreed with you on this, this, is, this has been a Jordan suck fest i believe was the appropriate verbiage that you used here i've thought about this how would you do something like this that didn't come off like a total suck fest because even the stuff they've left out like you're not gonna uncover things about jordan that make you think of him any less than the greatest basketball player of all time so like from what you've seen how would you have done something like this without it coming off like such an ass kiss? Are you kidding me? Yeah, please, please go right All ahead. All the storylines they just like touched on, they just sprinkled in there. I mean, you could do an entire documentary on Rodman alone. I mean, just alone. That man. It's been done. No, no, and it, it could be done ten times over, and it would never get old because he he he's done more crazy. He's forgot more crazy shit than we've ever done in our lives. Well, that's fair. you know what I mean. It's he, I, I mean, him alone. I don't know if you guys in this last one, Steve Kerr, whatever, whatever happened with his dad, whatever, and whatever he was involved with, teaching in Beirut at some university, didn't make a whole hill of beans. I'd like to know some more about that. Plus, he's the last guy, the only guy in the last 50 years, I believe, to win four straight championships because you guys may have forgotten. After those three with the Bulls, he went to San Antonio that next year and won with San Antonio in 99. Can we not talk about the 99 team and the Knicks getting beat again, please? I'm just saying, so Steve Kerr's got a four-peat. So I think that's a story you could talk about. Pippen alone is another story. I mean, there was so much more that they just, like, made into, like, one episode that they could have stretched out across the whole thing and taken some Jordan stuff out. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand why they put all the Jordan stuff in. Because he is the Bulls. He is Jordan. He is the greatest. We get it. We understand it. I mean, but some of those stories, like that bad freaking story they tried to pitch last uh, on Sunday night about the Pizzagate game and, like, how, you know, that he, you know, that was the, known as the flu game and whatever else. Can, I, can game, I interrupt you for a second there? Before you say what you want to say about the flu game, I have to, I have to say this because the flu game, means something in my family. I, I need to explain this. So when my brother, my brother has been a very good baseball and basketball player his entire life. And he was eight years old when that flu game happened. I believe he was in sixth grade. He was playing some basketball game. And I was at college. My mother told me this story. Shout out to my mom. She's in the chat. Um, my brother had like a, a hundred and something degree fever or something. My mother did not want to take him to the game. He was dying. And he looked at my mom and said, if Michael Jordan can make it through the game, so can I. And he played the whole game and he played spectacularly. So, so whatever you're going to say, just realize the legend has taken on a life of its own. There is no legend. It is a bad story. 
He didn't have a flu, and he didn't get poisoned by Pizza Hut pizza in Utah. I'm five not guys, five any... guys. No, no, no. The, the well, pizza it was place, the, yeah, it was delivered five by five guys. guys. Are, yeah. Were supposedly showed up. I don't know if you saw. There's actually an SI article that came out about this today, and they actually talked to the guy who was at the pizza store, who was the assistant manager at the time, who actually took control of the order because he realized it was going to the hotel that they all knew that the Bulls were staying at for the last few days. So they knew where the Bulls were staying. He brought the pizza with one other guy. This guy's a Bulls fan. All he wanted to do was get a peek at whatever player he could. He didn't know it was Jordan when he got there. And when he got there, he gave him the pizza and he said, oh, can I, get, can I talk to Michael? And the, apparently the guy opened up the door enough where Michael said, hey, thanks, dude. And that was it. And then the guy closed the door and they left. But his pizza wasn't poisoned. It wasn't anything bad about that. What it was is I'm going to lay this story out for you guys because it's real simple. And, and I think people are overlooking it because they're looking at all this other nonsense people keep talking about. So here's what happened. Jordan got back to the hotel. He was hungry or whatever. Got to be late in the night. He was hungry. The other guys he was with had already eaten. Mm-hmm. From the story I heard, another story I heard, unverified, not sure who told it. That's the only reason I'm saying unverified. No, it I makes know a what lot of sense. Say. I know what you're going to say. It makes a lot of sense. Now, maybe you do. That apparently these other guys that he was with, security team, detail or whatever, had already eaten. Yeah. And they ate without Michael. So when Michael ordered the pizza, he said, you guys can't have any of my goddamn pizza. You're not right. getting it. You're not eating. You're not eating a goddamn thing. It's my pizza. So what you did guys he do ate to... without me before, I'm eating. So what did he do to the pizza? He didn't do anything to the pizza. He didn't what spit, it is, he didn't it's a combination of bad factors that led to Michael Jordan feeling ill. And here's how it lines up. Jordan was in the room playing poker late at night, smoking cigars heavily. That is, without a doubt, in any interview you hear, the entire floor stunk like cigars. Now, anybody who's ever smoked cigars knows you can't really inhale those things. You, you can, but you can't. You know, it's not good for you. And I'll tell you what, you sit in a room breathing in hours and hours of cigar smoke while you're drinking whiskey, while you're playing cards, while you're eating shitty fucking Pizza Hut pizza. It doesn't surprise me that maybe he woke up around 5 or 6 a.m. and had an upset stomach and maybe threw up. Maybe he didn't feel so good. So I don't think it was that he was hungover. I don't think he got a bad had pizza. I just think it was a combination of crap that led to Michael Jordan feeling ill. And then the next day, everybody didn't really know what to call it. So they kind of called it the flu. He had flu-like symptoms, whatever. These guys are going to say it's a bad pizza. And, you know, the pizza people are just like, listen, I delivered a guy a pie. What do you want from me? I, that's the way the story really went down. I, I'm telling you, you, you guys know I got a sense about this stuff. All of it lines up. All of it makes sense. I dare anybody to tell me I'm wrong. Well, that's more believable than what I really thought you were going to say, truthfully. I thought you were going to come up with some grand conspiracy theory. That, that makes more No, no, no conspiracy. No, no, the no, conspiracy is, is that people want to make it a conspiracy. It was just a, a bad I will, decision I will, by will, a lot of people that led to Jordan not feeling well. Well, I will, decisions, I, the I Pizza will, Hut decision was a terrible decision, whoever called them. They have shitty pizza just to begin with. I mean, listen, if you're in Utah, I guess that's all you can get because you're not here in, like, Jersey or – you know, New York or whatever, getting some good pizza. Maybe that's all you got is your Pizza Hut out there, so I don't want to shit on their Pizza Hut. But I got to be honest, not the best pie you're ever going to have. 
So I, I just, that coupled with some whiskey, with some, a whole shit ton of cigar smoke, being up late, I just see it as a bad combination to Jordan not feeling too great a couple hours later. Well, I, well, I'm going to say this. I ate an entire pizza by myself 20 minutes before we went on the air here tonight. I'm, I'm just tired. Dave, what do you got? <laughs> I'm going to pass out for like seven hours by the time we're off this show. Let me tell you. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, look, I, I mean, that, that story always seemed a little offbeat to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, no matter what, I'm always still going to be – impressed by what he was able to do in that game after how sick he was either way so no matter what happened or what got him making that feeling that sick like i wasn't there i don't know but if the man was puking all night and needed ivs and was all that shit like what the performance he still put out was nothing short of impressive mm. yep I but do you agree that my story sounds plausible it sounds. It sounds a lot like my Monty Teo story. It sounds a lot like my uh, my my Anquan yeah, Bolden getting traded story. It sounds you a lot know, like those. I, I want to point out right one. On I want to point out one thing. There is a chink in your armor, my friend. I have a chink. There is a chink because we have talked about all the times that you have been like Nostradamus. Even though I still say the Manti Teo one was never proven, so you can chalk that up if you want to. It's never been proven on that. Um, before last baseball season, right after Bryce Harper sound, signed with the Phillies, we were talking about the NL East, and we were talking about which team on paper had more talent, and you thought it was the Phillies, and I said the Nationals. There is a chink in your armor, my friend. No, no, no. You said which chink. team on paper has more talent. I still believe that the Phillies probably had more talent on paper, but Did the not lead Nationals to. Find a, found a way to get it done. Did not I, I, listen, they, I can't I, argue with what the chink. Washington Nationals did, but that's not a chink in my armor if I, I still am believe saying, what I, I said. I am saying chink. You are chinked, sir. There's a chink. Chink. I disagree. It is a chink. And with stories not, like this, let's though, stop. I'm let's stop wrong. saying I'm that because I just realized. I, I just realized that the wrong connotation. That sounds really racist. So let's move on. Uh, anyway, um, I will say this. I think. Yeah, they did Pippin dirty in this, you know, because I'm reading Horace Grant talking about this thing, and Horace Grant had some things to say about this. And the fact that the only time you focus on Pippin the season that Jordan isn't there is to talk about him not wanting to go in the game with 1.8 seconds left because the play wasn't drawn up to him. And Pippin had an MVP-like season that year. He, he had a great season. I, I really, if Pippen's got problems with the way he was portrayed in this series, I totally agree with it on that. So I'll, I'll say that. And, and I apologize if I'm talking a lot here. Dave, I'll go back to you. But, Eric, the, the last thing, I will agree with what you said, that five guys delivered the pizza, and I looked at that pizza, and I got a bad feeling. It really did make it sound like this was a murder mystery type thing in that so i i did think that was a little ridiculous i'll give you that dave anything else you want to throw in on this no not really like eric said when it's all said and done it's a, a kind of a dumb story it's uh, the game is what i'm focused on and mm. you know it's not something that really deserves all the attention that it gets can we can we then focus on steve kerr and what in the hell his dad was doing in beirut well what that kind of teacher was he like 
I, I still don't I understand can, that can, whole story. I don't know if anybody can fill me I, in a little can, more. I, I don't can, know much I, about Steve Kerr. I, I know a little bit about this, but I also, Eric, you brought up the cigars and everything. My mother wants to wants to uh, put in here. My dad, her, my grandfather, her father smoked cigars in a car when she was in it when he when she was a kid, and she got sick every time. Now I used to smoke cigars myself when I was younger. She she hated the fact that I started smoking cigars. So, and I'll tell you this: yes, some people you really shouldn't inhale. I, I inhaled quite a bit, and I never got sick. I just want to point that out. I was laughing my ass off at my father the one time he was smoking cigars, and he I found him throwing up, uh, puking. He was passed out when I got home. My mother was just like, "Your dad smoked a cigar. He started puking. He's passed out." I laughed my ass off at my father after that. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, the Steve Kerr thing. Let me look this up for you. Let me look this up for you. You got you guys kill some time for a couple seconds here. Give me a well, minute. No, I just well, look. Did, I mean, did you find that? Did you find that aspect interesting at all? Like, because I mean, I, when you, you go back to Mike's point before of the other storylines we could have went to other than Jordan, I think there were a whole bunch here. Yeah, no, and I think that was a perfect example of one. So I mean, and like especially knowing like his father went somewhere where the guy who he took over for was kidnapped mm. and they well most presumed he was dead they just didn't find a body yet but most people presumed he was dead and then his dad went out there to you know fill in for his position and you know being where they were at um there was a civil war going on and they happened where that school was happened to be in a place where um the side of the one side of the civil war that wasn't technically in power at that point controlled the area of that school and they snuck two kids in to look like students and the one kid pulled out his gun and shot steve kerr's dad right in the head and killed him right there listen i'm not going to go into everything here um the truth is you do hear about this story from time to time. So th this wasn't the first time I had heard about this. I'm looking this up on uh, Malcolm H. Kerr, is Steve Kerr's father, his Wikipedia page. He was born in Beirut in 1931. He got his undergraduate degree in 1953 from Princeton University. He got his doctorate. He returned to teach at American University of Beirut for three years, uh, becoming assistant professor uh, in 1962. Uh, presidency of the American University of Beirut was offered to Kerr in 1982. And basically, it's like what uh, Dave said. Although the Civil War was still being fiercely battled on occasion with the recent exit of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, Lebanese civil struggle for domestic charge, had been a more focused effort, which incurred hope for resolution. And yeah, he was shot and killed by two gunmen outside of his office. So the whole story is on his Wikipedia page. I'm sure if you do a Google search, you'd find more in-depth articles. But apparently he would take the family, including Steve as, as, a, as a kid, to Beirut during like summers and stuff. So they had been going to Beirut quite a bit. Yeah, but like, like the main point you're trying, to, like you guys are trying to make with this story, when it's all said and done, that's something that instead of giving it a total of what seven minutes, I think you're being that, generous. I that, think you're being that, generous. Yeah, you know, then that really could have probably been a good half an hour 
25 mm-hmm. minutes at least. Like, you could have went into more into Steve Kerr and, you know, what he's done. If you guys are going to keep freaking jumping all the way backwards, why not skip forward, you know, to a moment of, you know, Kerr coaching up, uh, you know, the Warriors. I mean, I've seen a clip where he talks to Durant about a moment that happened with MJ, you know, and him having to realize that they were surrounding him and he had to start trusting his teammates and passing the ball. And he gave that speech to Durant. Like, why would, like, if you're going to go backwards, like, why not go forward with some of the, like, at least a guy like her who's done so much since he's left Chicago. I mean, if you're going to do it one way, why not do it the other way? So, yeah, could have really taken up a lot more than the minimum amount of time they gave it. And And how much I love Jordan and, you know, I love the Bulls and the memory. I love this entire documentary. Like, I would buy it. I'm not going to lie. But mm-hmm. I am a biased Bulls fan and a Jordan fan, so you know, it is what it is. But I will say that you know, this really was an ass kissing of Michael Jordan more than anything else, and you could tell they went that route since he was the one that technically owned the rights to the film. Mm-hmm. And I will say to your point, they made the step to put Steve Kerr all over the marketing materials as if he was the fourth guy on the team, which we all know he was not. So if you're going to do that, the idea that you just had about doing the flash forward, I mean, the only reason he's on all the marketing materials is because he's the Warriors head coach in the first place. So to do that only does make sense. But if you want to go one, one further, we're talking about Steve Kerr. What about Tony Kukoc growing up in the former Yugoslavia that is now not even a country anymore? There's probably a lot of a backstory there, too, that they could have done a little bit on. And Kukoc, like I've said the whole time, Kukoc had a bigger role on that team than a Steve Kerr did. So there's plenty of stories on those guys, whether you talk about Rodman, Pippen, Kukoc, Kerr, maybe a little bit more on Phil Jackson and how he was a shitty general manager for the Knicks, if you really want to go that road. But anyway, any final thoughts here, guys? Eric? As far as last dance goes, I'm kind of glad it's over. I'm, you know, there's a, you know, I hate watching it, kind of, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see it from Dave's fa- uh, point of view, though, because if I watched a documentary on, say, the Yankees, and they were, you know, tell, I would have that same feeling that I'm sure Dave would have, where I'd love every second of it. So I could totally see where the fan in him comes out. I mean, as a guy who's just dying for anything sports-related, I'm sad to see it go because at least it gave me something on Sunday nights sports-related to look forward to. Because, <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's like random cornhole matches I catch on ESPN or, like, Korean baseball games. Like, we're just dying for any kind of sports now. I'm just, like, over the pandemic. I'm over the quarantine. I'm just done with it. And I don't know if you guys saw but at least – Cuomo or Blasio or one of those jerk-offs in New York today said that um, apparently they're ready for baseball to come back, too, and sports to come back. So they know it's going to be without fans to start. We all know that. Who cares at this point? Let's just get some sports going. They did say they are ready to start welcoming some sports back. So I think that's a positive step. I am all for any kind of positive step in the right direction we can get. So that's that's where my mind's focused. Other than that, I mean – Turdy Works comes on at 10 tonight. I know oh, Dave boy. got something to do no. at 
No, 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 no. Check it out. It's on Animal Planet. No, 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 If we're here talking, 10 o'clock tonight, 10 o'clock tonight, if we're plugging something at 10 o'clock tonight, that is not what we are plugging. At 10 o'clock tonight, the season finale of Dark Side of the Ring, I've told you guys about this throughout the season, 10 o'clock tonight is the Owen Hart episode. Eric, I'm sorry, we're not plugging that. If you have to watch one thing at 10 o'clock tonight, fucking DVR Turdy Works. Watch the be, Owen Hart. Turdy Works is being DVR, just my wife wants to watch it too. Good, so good. She is, she's, she's more into it probably than I am too. It's a little scary. Well, good for her. <laughs> God bless her. Owen Hart. It's just, well, I got to tell you though, you got to check it out. It's the weirdest thing on TV. Nobody talks shit like this person. I'm, I'm not telling you. She is, she is the best shit talker there is. Good job yeah. with that pun. I bet you are proud of yourself for that one. Oh, my God. Now, Dave, I, I told you this before. Eric, I know I told you this before. The Owen Hart episode tonight, 21 years ago, Owen Hart tragically died, fell 70 feet in the air from the rafters. We're hearing the whole story tonight. They got an interview with his wife, Martha Hart. She'd never been interviewed the whole time. I heard part of it already. Well, it's not what was on I saw the a clip of something she said anyway. Yeah, no, I don't think that was on the episode. I know she's been doing press promoting the episode. She was on Chris Jericho's podcast last week. Maybe that's what you heard because I know I saw a clip on YouTube uh, from the Jericho podcast. Uh, this, was the clip the same one where she said that, uh, that she'd never, ever allow her husband to be in the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame? Well, I think it's a different one. I know the interview you're talking about. That's a different one that I'm talking about. No, this is what, I'm, I, what she was talking about on Chris Jericho's podcast. She sued the WWE for wrongful death, and then the WWE sued her for a breach of Owen Hart's contract. But what you're talking about, about not wanting uh, Owen to go in the Hall of Fame, uh, I would love to see Owen Hart honored. I'm on her side 100% here. I am 100% on her side. This is, a, this, is a, this is a story worth telling. And if you know nothing about this, this is worth watching. It's not going to be a fun time. I'm not going to lie. This is not going to be fun. But it's a story that needs to be told, in my opinion. So, Dave, what do you think? You guys watch what you're going to be watching. And uh, I'll be playing NBA 2K. <laughs> nice, nice, Dave. Nice. Hold on, wait. You're not even gonna check out, is it? Didn't your cousin David say eight o'clock right now? There's a Last Dance recap on ABC. No, I figured you'd be tuning into that. I mean, Dave. No, Dave, no. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm I'm good. Especially if Stephen A. Smith is hosting, I I, I don't want to listen to him. Yeah, I'm I'm good listening to Stephen A. on that too. I I don't need to hear any of the recaps. Like honestly, I would watch the Jalen Rose. What is it, Jalen and Jacoby recap where they have the director of the show on it? I would watch those before I would watch the Stephen A. Smith one. Yeah, I'd take that and either one of the shows you guys are talking about than listen to Stephen A. Smith for an hour. Yeah. All right. So on that note. I think we're going to end it here. This was a lot of fun, guys. I always love having these shows with you. Any final words, Dave Hastings? I'm like, Eric, I'm very upset that the last dance is over. <laughs> so I must fuel my video game or my sports needs 
through video games. And go. always a pleasure. And actually, uh, before I forget, I will actually not be on next week's show. I have a friend's birthday, and we're doing like a little social distancing barbecue. Well, you have fun with that one, my friend. Uh, yeah, but I'll miss you guys, and I'll see you. I'll chat with you guys in two weeks. Stay safe, stay healthy, all that great stuff. Take care, man. Thank you very much. Eric Trussler. Dave, anything else you've been watching, though? Anything else we, we should be tuning into, or is it just strictly video games right now? Uh, happy uh, Netflix. is. I've been kind of getting into that. It's a little freaking weird, but it's uh, it's got the guy who played the lead detective in Law & Order. For Chris Merloney. Chris Merloney is his name. Yeah. Great, great actor. So he he does an amazing he he does an amazing job. I mean, let's just put it this way: he he sees a blue flying unicorn that's maybe like ten inches tall. We should and point out this is this is based on a comic book. We should point. Yeah, it, it's it's quite priceless, and he does an amazing job. So like that probably be the first place I'd point you to, gentlemen. All right. I've heard. I'm just about done with with Ozark, so I'm gonna need something else. Probably to mm. got five episodes left of Ozark, and then I'm. Uh, I'm listen, oh God, I, the way they end season three is a amazing job. They do an amazing job of how they wrap up that this season three. They really do. Both shows I cannot say I've gotten into, but I'll say this: I've loved Christopher Maloney since I saw him as Chris Keller on Oz. He was a freaking lunatic on Oz, but he was fantastic. So I just have never had a chance to get into that show. So Eric Tressler. Um, just, I mean, again, till next week, I just keep watching competition shows. People keep kicking ass. Other people keep going home. Survivor had its finale. Um, I, I, that's about it. Other than that, it's just dirty works. And uh, until next week, stay sweaty. Fucking dirty works. I'm telling you, you got to check it out. Your mom, if 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 mom is still in the chat, mom, check out Turdy Works on True TV, ten o'clock tonight. I told you're just not going to see anything quite like it. I'm telling you, it I is told Tiger her about King this a couple weeks ago. Tiger King of Jace, check it out. Let me know what you think. I would love to know what your mom's opinion of Turdy Works is. Oh boy, she might take you up on that. For all I know. All it's right. funny. It's worth the watch. I can guarantee you, if she laughed at all or enjoyed Tiger King at all, she's saying she I'm gonna enjoy this so much more because you don't at least have like death and stuff to deal with. It's just this lady playing with poo. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh Jesus fucking Christ! She's saying she's thinking about checking it out. True so. TV. There you go. All right. Thank you both very much. Love you guys. I am Mike Agliloro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Mom, Cousin David, everybody checking us out on all our podcasting outlets. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next week.